On this week's episode of Marketing O'Clock, we talked about an issue with Google's indexing and why you may want to check your data. We covered Facebook's new content filter for advertisers. Jess came up with a new super virus that you'll want maximum protection from. And Greg gave me at least two raises and a demotion. All on today's show. Marketing O'Clock is your weekly dose of digital marketing news. We record live every Friday from the Cypress North Studios located in beautiful Buffalo, New York. Join us each week for insights, updates, rants, and much more as we cover the full gamut of digital marketing for you. Hey there, I'm Greg Finn. And I'm Jess Butt. And it is officially Marketing O'Clock here on April 12th, 2019. Remember, you can catch our famous Friday news shows each and every Friday morning. If you want to follow along with us in our show notes, just head over to marketingoclock.com for all the links from today's articles. And please subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. First up this week, Google has had an indexing issue, a de-indexing issue, Mm. to be precise, that is now fixed. Is it? We think so, finally. (laughs) And so what happened was on Saturday the 6th of April, Google had come out and confirmed that there was a technical issue that was now fixed. And this was John Mueller, and he had said, we had a technical issue on our side for a while there. This should be resolved in the meantime, and all the affected URLs reprocessed. For a while there? (laughs) For a while Is that like an actual unit of time? Technical, yes. I believe like a couple. A couple what? (laughs) The couple is two. So a couple days? Well, a while there is oh, three and a half. Oh, gotcha. Because a few is three or more. Is it? Fortnite? Know. Well, it's not a couple. Fortnite the game? Is that a game? Yeah. Four score and seven years ago? Oh, what am I thinking of? What is the oh, famous... Fortnite's. I think it's a time. Gettysburg Address. How does that start out? Four score and, and Fortnite. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But the... Interesting thing was when this was announced by John Mueller of Google on Saturday, it actually wasn't fixed. Mm. And so Google came back (laughs) out on Sunday and said, just a short update on this. Again, this was John. Indeed, it does look like there are still some pages that need to be reprocessed. Our systems are making good process here, but it's taking longer than I initially expected. So nice on that. Yes, thank you. Um, And this appears to have started maybe on the 5th, maybe on the 4th. Definitely on the 5th is where there was some indication that would have been last Friday. Um, So this Wednesday here, Wednesday the 10th, it seems that everything was finally fixed. And Danny Sullivan at Search Liaison on Twitter has says that the indexing issue has now been fully resolved. We apologize for the inconvenience. Appreciate your patience as we restored normal operation. So what does this mean? It means that you may see a drop in organic traffic, conversions, sales, anything that is going on from the organic side if you were de-indexed. There's not a lot of information yet. Still waiting for some more. Uh, Dr. Pete over at Moz (laughs) had a good, with small sample size, post on what, how bad their de-indexing bug was, and we'll put that in the show notes. But what you need to do as a marketer is to say, let's annotate this in Mm -hmm. Google Analytics. So we know from this point forward on the 5th, hey, there was a Google de-indexing bug if you saw a traffic drop, and it stopped on the 10th for sure. So the 5th through the 10th may be suspect data. Suspect data. I like that. 
suspect data sounds like a crime novel and de-indexing bug sounds like a sci-fi villain. Like, I'm unleashing the de-indexing bug. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like one of those super germs. Ooh. You know, that like that an antibacterial oh. or what what are the antibiotics can't actually get. It's yes. like what happened? I'll get the de-indexing bug. Yes. <laughs> Biological to what uh what movie? Tomb Raider two, I believe. Oh, I'm not they... familiar with that. <laughs> You're not? <laughs> no. I think it's two. I don't think it's one, but they they try to unleash unleash like a virus on the world. The de-indexing bug? It's it pretty much. Yes. <laughs> well, you should see the film. I'm not describing it well. I know what happens. Fast forward to the 10th and uh, everything's solved. Everything's fine. <laughs> Speaking of everything's fine, unless you are living under a rock, you know that Facebook's been making a lot of changes recently to increase transparency and safety because everything's fine. Wait, I didn't know there's a problem with transparency and safety. On Facebook? Yeah. Have you been living under a rock? Yes, a big one. <laughs> a boulder <laughs> to block out all the news everywhere oh, about Facebook. I don't blame and you. And data and transparency. I don't blame you. This is good news, though. So Facebook has announced their latest improvement in this realm, and it is a new inventory filter. This is huge for anyone that's running ads on the platform. It allows advertisers to better control their content. Um, not their content, the content that their ads are served with when they're using the audience network, instant articles, or in-stream videos. And this is something that Google Ads has had for a while, where mm -hmm. you're able to say, I want to show up on this type of content, not this type of content, not political, so on and so forth, where you're just selecting right. where you're going to allow your ads to show. Yes. So this is an update to that. It's a little bit more simplified, but I think it makes sense to do it this way. Basically, there's three levels of content now that advertisers can choose from. There's limited inventory, which they refer to as a maximum protection. They, they say it's kind of similar to the opt-in <laughs> opt categories that you were just referring to that they had previously. Then there's the standard inventory, which is the default setting, and it's moderate protection for your ads, and it's the same as having no category exclusions. I, I know where this is going, and they're trying to appease some of the advertisers. Mm -hmm. That's a bad way to describe your inventory. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, you've got maximum protection from where you could be on our network. Uh -huh. And I get it because they have the audience network and yes. it's more than just Facebook. So they have to have outside third-party sites on there that they might not be able to police. But to be like, I got maximum protection against the stuff in our inventory. Hey, take the stuff out of your inventory if we need to be protected from it. Amen to that, because you can also <laughs> go with the third level, which is full inventory or minimal protection. And in this, they caution that your ads may be delivered across all eligible content, which to your point, <laughs> like, should it all be somewhat safe? I think if you pick full inventory there, you're getting that de-indexing bug. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> For sure. For sure. But that's, again, who's going to opt into minimal protection? I... It's a weird way to phrase it. I guess it depends on what you're advertising for. Also, how much you pay attention. Because the example that Facebook used was strong language. So you and I both know that there's much more unsavory content out there on the internet and probably in the I audience network. That. You didn't? No, I had no clue. Well, good. I want you to stay in your little bubble there and just, if we look at strong language as the example, then there, you know, if you have maximum protection, no one's even going to say crap. Oh. I don't know if that's true. I made that up. I don't want anyone to take that as gospel. But anyway, yeah, there's way worse things out there than language. But my favorite thing about this article or this announcement, other than that actual content filter, which I think is really nice and makes things easy for advertisers, they said in here, and I quote, 
Half of our 30,000 person safety and security team reviews more than 2 million pieces of content each day. 30,000 person safety and security team? Yes. Wow. So one half of that being 15,000. <laughs> They're that, out there doing this. Hang on. Let me do the math. <laughs> Checks out. Perfect. Checks out. Get out your adding machine, your abacus. But what I want to know is what is the other half doing? They did not say at all. I don't know why this sentence is even in this announcement. Probably riding scooters or something up and down the Facebook <laughs> HQ. Just fifteen thousand people on right? scooters. Yeah, scooters, yeah. bikes, maybe outside. Oh, I don't know. maybe they're outside in the physical world. Yeah, physical world security. <laughs> Amazing. All right, and that brings us to the final article here in our main news section, and it is called Google Search Console adds the Discover Report. And in case you don't know what Google Discover is, it used to be called Google Now, then was the Google Feed, and it is essentially your custom-tailored Googly News articles fed right to you. If you are a Pixel user, you typically find this baked into your software when you swipe left, and it's that curated news feed that Google gives you based off of all of your browsing data. And previously, it had been tough to break out what percentage of your traffic actually came from Google Discover. And thankfully, Google Discover data is now coming to Search Console. So it'll be easier for people to discover information about their Discover content. I see what you did there. It was a thinker. <laughs> You're a sly one. And <laughs> if you want to know more about Discover, we can we covered it back on episode 42, the episode titled Save Organic Traffic which I think it's been saved. So I think so, other than apart. the de-indexing bug. Yes, minus that. Maybe <laughs> this one should be called Save Organic Traffic Part 2. Um, but yeah, so look for that coming soon. It has showed for a few folks in their search console. I've seen it on Twitter popping up, and it is coming up for more, um, more users. And if you are getting a substantial amount of traffic from Google News, you're probably getting some from Google Discover. You might not have even discovered yet. There, right back at you. <laughs> Thank you for volleying that back. Um, something else of note here, too. They did say that the data will go back as far as March 2019, which for anyone that doesn't know, that was last month. So pretty fresh data here. It'll grow from there, but it doesn't go back too far. It's a little bit retroactive. Yeah, it's one month. It's one month. <laughs> not even a whole month, really, because it was like two weeks ago. <laughs> All right. And that brings us to this week's lightning round. And here is what's happening in the paid universe this week. First up, drive more action with new conversion features on Pinterest. So the platform just announced new features that, quote, make it even easier for businesses to connect with pinners, optimize their Pinterest ad campaigns, and achieve their conversion goals automatically. Are you ready for this? Yes. I'm going to tell you what the feature is called, and I am going to ask you what you think it does. Okay, so we're trying to get more features for more conversions. More conversions. And they're launching a new campaign type called conversion optimization. Wow. What do you think it does? Um, maybe it gets you more clicks. Wrong. Wrong. <laughs> the opposite. Oh. So it'll, it'll optimize for conversion actions versus clicks. And obviously, we all know that Greg was joking. He's smarter than that. I am. <laughs> you are. <laughs> I don't think people question it. But anyway, <laughs> they've also added promoted video for conversions, which opens a larger view of the video upon click and also pulls up the advertiser's website as well. They called it a landing page that features those two things, but I don't 
really know what that means. They didn't show a visual example, so I'd, I'd be interested to see how that looks. But if you want to play with it, that as well as the conversion optimization campaign type are available immediately. So right now, if you have a business account and you can, you know, you can go in there and play with it. Go get I it. love this. I love anything conversions. You know me. I'm, I do. I'm a big conversion fella over yes. here. As you should be. I mean, As that's I the whole be. point. So I am very interested in this. I think it's something everybody should check out. The one funny thing was this was announced yesterday. And I think you got an email on Wednesday. I right? did. Yes. You did, saying, hey, we've got this. And then what happened when you clicked through? Nothing. It just took me, well, not nothing, but it took me to the ads manager and I was like, I want more information because I wanted to be able to talk about it on this show. And then they just released the announcement a day later. So if you're on their mailing list, I guess you get insider info that nobody else has yet, but don't expect much more than a headline from that. Next up, a new study has found that four out of five Americans distrust Facebook and hate online ads. New breaking study from the Greg Finn headquarters, one out of five Americans living under a rock. (laughs) (laughs) Just you? One out of all the Americans? Well, this stat comes to us from PC Mag and a study that was done by Clever Real Estate. And they surveyed a lot of people for this. Like millions? Like 1,100. (laughs) (laughs) So their sample size is about as big as yours as far as who's living under a rock. And I'm really glad that they generalized these findings to all of America. But all kidding aside, if you want to dive in and read the whole thing, we encourage you to. There's a lot of interesting stats in there. Yeah, I love uh, (laughs) polls from (laughs) cleverrealestate.com. It's my favorite source. I used to like Pew Internet. They used to be my go-to, but no, for sure, (laughs) Clever Real Estate. That's my go-to for all my marketing needs. It's pretty amazing. Actually, this article started with, and this is not an exact quote, but something like, you know, people care about how they're doing on Facebook with their advertising, even realtors. (laughs) I was like, oh, what a nice little segue into who did this study and why, I guess. I don't know. Fun fact. Do Do you know that you need to capital the word realtor? I think it's all caps. Yeah, it's like a trademark term too, right? I don't even think it stands for anything. I don't know. Maybe it does. I wonder if it does. I don't think anybody could ever know that. We could Google it or bang it at some point. Yeah. But I wonder if it's just like real, but then the tour makes you the person of the real, but the real is the acronym. I do know they just take it very seriously. Oh, they do. Yeah. If you're not a realtor and you say, hey, I'm a realtor Mm -hmm. and you're not an actual part of the club, that's a problem. Oh, yeah. No, I know. Is Is that the same as a licensed real estate salesperson? That's above my pay grade. Don't you like it when people say that? It's like, hey, well then act your act your pay grade. Do you know that I said that this morning? No, no. Did I you did, really? I did. I said it to Cole in the office. He was saying something. I was like, I don't know. It's above my pay grade. Like I could literally increase my pay grade by Googling the answer to that. That's what that means. It's, 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 That's true. Well, you got a raise then if you Google okay, it. Perfect. You I'll get a raise. It. Thank you. <laughs> what were you talking about? Oh. Who knows? This, <laughs> I know, but this is, this is stat, this one out of four uh, people hating, or no, four out of five. Not one out of four. Four out of five people hating online ads is particularly interesting because according to the survey, again, of 1,100 people, these ads are still quite effective, even though people don't like them. So 73% of people surveyed said that they've made a purchase or used a service because of an ad they saw on Facebook. That's a lot. Again. Again. I, I'm, (laughs) I'm getting rid of this survey. Don't get rid of it. 73 out of. What do you think the actual number of people that use Facebook out of those 1,100 people are? 
I would hope all of them. I wouldn't think 73% of people use Facebook, let alone you're, bought a product off of it. You're probably right. Well, maybe only 70 73% of people use it, and then 100% of them bought a product. Everybody buys. That would be very Get on Facebook, folks. <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> Clever real estate. Check it out. <laughs> Do you want to take a guess? I know we're poking at this, but do you want to take a guess as to what the second most popular uh, social network was as far as driving people to actually purchase? If it were me, I would say Facebook would be number one. I'm taking into account cleverrealestate.com <laughs> or whatever it is. I'm going to say Instagram. Close. Close. Instagram is close is to third. Is, is owned by Facebook, as you know. Okay, so it's third. So I'm going to say... They probably said Twitter. Uh, Twitter is fifth. How about Pinterest? Fourth. <laughs> like I'm blank. It's still family feud style, so I'm still. You want to still play? Okay. No, I'm still going. Okay. Because I, I haven't missed yet. I'm still top five and everything. Okay. So I need to get this here or I'm out. Fair. A bunch of realtors. I'm thinking link. I'm leaning LinkedIn, but I feel like people are going to say something else. So I'm going to go LinkedIn. <laughs> Is that the family feud sound? Yes. <laughs> now we need Steve Harvey to uh, make fun of me. Yeah, right. <laughs> I don't think he would. Um, he would. He makes fun of everybody. Number two is YouTube. Uh, but the number went down from 73% to 37%. So they That's just inverted like the digits. barely a social network. I know that technically it is, but LinkedIn is way more of a social network. YouTube's for videos. YouTube's a search engine, isn't it? It's the second high, most, most used search, <laughs> search engine. If you go to any Google presentation, they will say that. All right, so that's it. YouTube, the second, and Instagram, the third. We'll give it to YouTube. It is a search engine and a social network. There oh, you go. A little combined. Yes, I like it's a hybrid. That's hybrid. What they call it. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> is there any better news than this in the non-paid world, Greg? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but that brings us to our non-paid news. Anything organic we're going to cover here. First up, Google Search Console adds Android app filters to the performance report. And now you may be thinking, we used to have this data. You were thinking correctly. <laughs> but with the new Search Console, we lost some of that data for how your app was performing in Google. But fear not, it is back. If you have an app associated with your verified property in Search Console, you can now open and see the volumes, the search data, everything that you could with your normal site within the new Search Console. My favorite thing it's just a filterable radio button you can check off. That's so, so nice. Yep. Click on over Android app data and you can see the every normal thing you'd see in Search Console for your Android app. So I love that. Love it. Thank Seamless. You, Next up, goodbye Google Plus. Hello again. <laughs> Google Currents. And I made that title up. That you was did? My title. I did. You could be a journalist. Yes. And I just need a byline. <laughs> Oh, yeah. That's it's got to be really good and descriptive and give away the end. Yes. And, and so you don't need to read this story at all. No. Nope. But basically, Google Plus has ceased to exist, as we've covered many times before here in April. We covered the fact that it was coming, but it officially died last week, right? And we didn't even say R.I.P.S. I think we said R.I.P.S. and gave the killed by Google list. Did Maybe we? not. I don't know if I'm remembering that correctly. We'll have to get our stats and info team on this so they can look it up. We have to get a stats and info team. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. We need that first. Yeah. And then that'll be the first we'll task. <laughs> Absolutely. But this is something I actually think could be interesting. I would sure. never use it. There's a difference between interesting and me using it. But much like Facebook has workspace, 
which is their business Facebook. And we tried it here at Cypress North, and it didn't last very long. No. But this is going to be something that is, again, now called Google Currents, that is rolled into G Suite. And it is not an additional cost, unlike Facebook Workplace or Workspace or whatever it is, Facebook Work thing. Whatever. And (laughs) if you thought you have heard of Google Currents before, you were right. There once was Google Currents, which was their magazine kind of like news item that's now Google Newsstand. But they just apparently loved the, the title Google Currents, and so that's what this is now. So two gripes with that. One, they're using the same name for a different product. Yes. Confusing. Yes. Two, I don't like currents, the plural. I don't either. It doesn't roll off the tongue. Why not just current? Like you're staying current. Promoted. New pay grade. <laughs> New pay grade. You hit it. There's no pay grade <laughs> above you anymore. Right though? Like, yeah. oh, I'm going to go check my currents feed. Like it just doesn't, it's hard yeah. to say. And you can also be like, hey, what's current? Right. Try saying that with an S. Can't do it. What's current? I can't. Can't do it. Can't exactly. do it. <laughs> but anyway... If you are a G Suite user, you'll have access to Currents. I do not think it is available yet. I think you have to email somebody, but coming soon, you'll have that. Um, If you are an administrator, and it costs nothing, it is included with the price of subscription. And that's why I think it's really interesting Mm -hmm. is if you can get people to use a free tool internally to help accelerate your communication or improve your communication, that could be cool, but... I would never use it just because of customer support. It would never make sense for me to rely on anything for Google customer support. <laughs> I sense some anger. Sigh. Okay. All right. Next up, we have an article from Google itself called A New Type of Answers from Your Google Assistant on Android. And now you're getting richer results in your answers that you do with Assistant on Android devices. So... Previously, you used to type in or ask Google for maybe a stock ticker, and you'd see the price. Now you see charts. You might ask for something specific to a product, and you'd get some listings, and now you might see imagery. So it's a good example of using rich data, how you can enhance those listings to improve your look on your assistant results. And it is a much improved look. I was flipping through the screenshots. It is. Did you look at it? It's like... I don't know, light years of difference. It's something I would actually, I mean, not that I wouldn't read the results if I made it a search, but it's just, it's easier to digest. The only thing though, is that in this article, they also announced some new tools that they were launching with this. And if you flip through the screenshots, you get used to a little before and after Mm -hmm. and, you know, for, for the visuals. And then on the last slide, they show you these new tools. So I, for a second, thought that the color picker was an updated version of the bubble <laughs> tool. And I was like, that doesn't look more helpful <laughs> at all. <laughs> but, yeah, there are a few a few other tools there as well. But from the marketing perspective, mm-hmm. I think, hey, this is a good reason to make sure everything you've got from a rich standpoint is in line. We've seen it before. We've talked about it in the past few months to the fact that we're now seeing imagery in the mobile search engine results pages. Just this week, this isn't, I didn't include it in the news because it's kind of minor, but we're seeing uh, uh, images in site links as well. Mm-hmm. So you see more and more imagery come through, a better experience. Again, I'm still true to the fact that I'm a 10 blue <laughs> links kind of guy, 
but I see why people like having more rather than less. Yeah. I I mean, and it actually looks good. It's, I don't know. They did something with cute cats in there too. A nice example. So I'm always in favor of they that. They did. The best cats are the cutest cats. Which is very subjective. Who are you to say? Not you specifically, Me? but no. <laughs> they, who did they? Petfinder.com, I think. What are they, an authority on pets? Yes. How they, could they, they possibly find, be? They, they find pets. Find them cute? Yes. it's a. They are the finder of cute kittens. But yeah, in the example, if you want to see, you can understand who are the cutest cats according to Pet Finder. All of that. Example. All right. Next up, more information and news from Danny Sullivan at Search Liaison on Twitter. There's new search operators for searching for in between different times and dates. Mm-hmm. Before you step to choose a range, you could put in a custom range or a set of prefabricated ranges, if that's a word. Prefab yeah. ranges? Prefab. Prepopulated? Probably that makes anyway, more sense. Anyway, what you can do now is you can <laughs> just say before colon. And you can put in a year. <clears throat> if you put in a year, it will default to January 1st of that year. Or you can put after. Or you can just put in a date and say 3-1-19. And you can see before March 1st, 2019. Additionally, you can put in a, a underscore or maybe not an underscore. You can put in a dash or a slash. So slash or dash. And you can do that as well. But it, it can help you say, I'm looking for something before this date or before this year and not have to choose it out of the date picker. Hot, important question. Yes. Are you a slash or dash guy when you write your dates? Slash. Me too. Yes. Yeah. Looks better. I think so too. And dashes, when used the right way, they're really striking. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. It chops them up. Yeah. Well, it's like, yeah, like March ended here. Yeah. Yeah. I just dash them. Wait, you dash them or you slash them? Dash them, not slash them. Oh, I slash them vertically. Are you writing these out or are you typing these in? Both. Really? Mm-hmm. See, my problem is many times when you're saving a file name, you cannot slash. So I've become accustomed to dashing. I think that we are saying the same thing, but we are using different words. Which are you calling which? Whether you have a backslash or a forward slash is a slash. Yeah. The line is a dash. Okay, that's what I thought you were saying. So you can't put forward slashes in file names? Not I guess usually. you can't, can you? No. I don't know. Never really tried. That's why I'm just been, become accustomed to a dash. I do spaces. You know what I really like actually written out, not in handwriting, but typed? Periods. Why? Between days. I don't know. It looks good. I like phone numbers like that too. Oh, oh, in between. I agree with you. Yeah, I, like instead of like a slash like a or a dot. dash. Like, oh, dot. yeah, no. At the end. No, no, no. Between. I think that's I the agree. ultimate. I agree. Yeah, yeah. That, that is the ultimate. You heard it here first, <laughs> folks. Periods. That's the new protocol moving forward. Next up is an update from Twitter Safety, at Twitter Safety on Twitter. And they've got <laughs> no way. the post called follow, unfollow, follow, unfollow. Who does that? Question mark. Spammers. Period. So we're changing the number of accounts you can follow each day from 1,000 to 400. Don't worry. You'll be just fine. That's a nice tweet. It's, it, it's, it's a nice tweet. I like it. The thing that I'm having problems with in my old age is consuming all this information in every medium possible. (laughs) I'm looking at things from John Mueller on Google, on Twitter. I'm looking at Search Liaison. I'm looking at Danny Sullivan, the Google blog, everywhere. I just want one source for all this stuff. Uh, Marketing o'clock? That's why we're here, folks. (laughs) (laughs) Hello. I got to follow at Twitter safety for all my Twitter marketing stuff. Um, Anyway, you can't follow 
more than 400 people in a day. Shoot. So all you auto followers, you're going 40% of what you were before. <laughs> My favorite thing was a follow-up tweet from at never sit dull, at never sit dull, or nevers it dull, <laughs> one of the two. Ne- never is it dull, and he just left out an eye. I don't know. It's like a license plate. You can never tell. We'll have to link to it. But he, what he said, this Josh fella, is he said, you should have made the new limit 403. That way, any attempts after, you could just be like, sorry, 404. That's pretty funny. Yeah, it's kind of a nerd joke. Yeah, I like it. It's good. All right, next up, 20 million vehicles shipping in 2023 will come equipped with Amazon, Alexa, Google Assistant, or both. Ooh. So... That's pretty cool. Uh, <laughs> another reason to work on your skills or actions. And skills are an Alexa thing, and actions are a Google Assistant thing. So if you are having specific protocols in there, hey, you're going to be on a lot of cars, apparently. They know what's happening. <laughs> they got all the 2023 20, <laughs> schematics. I know. that. Are yeah. they? I guess they're already working on those cars. I don't it's know. It's four years from now. <laughs> Because yeah. I'm the math and time person. <laughs> oh, look at that. You don't even need it. Hey, take that... that uh, Indeed posting down for the stats and info team. <laughs> you've, you've jumped up to another pay grade. Yes, I thought I couldn't get any higher. No, I'm getting one more. so many dollars today. <laughs> All right, and now it's time for this week's WTH. And this week's WTH comes from Brand Muscle, who is flexing with their 2019 <laughs> State of Local Marketing report. First up, this is gated content. And it's worth looking at just because it is beautiful. Did you look at the graphics on it? It's actually, the whole report is just very, oh, it's very stunning. nice. Yes. And that's not why it's here in the WTH, but no. I just feel like I need to give them their, their justice. Exactly. And it's not even brand muscle that I have a problem with. It's the fact that they are getting data from people who are atrophied. They don't know what they're talking about. They've lost all all connection to the real world. And they they interviewed many local business owners and asked about the top marketing priorities for 2019. Number one was social media advertising. Number two was website slash, not dash, landing pages. (laughs) Number three was events. Number four was email. And number five was door-to-door direct mail and flyers. Near the bottom, the bottom three, paid search, online display ads, and mobile targeted display ads. All were substantially below the door-to-door direct mail and flyers. (laughs) And so I was thinking, what is going on? And they broke it out into a really interesting quadrant display. Again, it's worth looking at Mm -hmm. if you are interested in this, where they looked at the usage that people are using and then also the perceived effectiveness. Keyword perceived, Yes, by the way. And that's where the WTH comes from. I feel like people just don't know what's going on at this point in life. Well, honestly, unless you're in digital, and I I know I love what we do and I'm a nerd for it, but can you really track all that well? No, you can't. And and, mini (laughs) rant here, you can be a highly touted digital agency and still suck and have poor performance. Also Really, really terrible performance. You wouldn't believe the stuff that we've seen here at Cypress North. Yeah, it's it's a rough. But anyway, what I thought was interesting was that according to these local (laughs) folks, the perceived effectiveness of paid search was under that of radio. Yikes. But first of all, what are you doing? Who's listening to the radio? 
Express? Use Google Express? Well, probably because it, they try to force you into that. Yes. I don't, uh, I, I, we don't have enough time for me to say the things that I want to say, but I would like to point one thing out here. Please do. Because you, you went through the top five things that they listed that were top priorities, but they also broke that down based on how many people it was their first, second or third priority for. And the difference between door to door and website was so close. 12% of people, their first priority is door-to-door. 18% of people, their first priority is a website. And there's no way that that's just because (laughs) 82, if that's the math, or however many people out there just have these amazing websites that don't need work. I don't think that that's true. I just reposted the stats and info job again. (laughs) Your math on the fly. (laughs) No, I'm with you. I'm with you. And I think, and to me, it's just an interesting look into the minds of local folks. And to your point, like there's something that boggled my, I couldn't wrap my head around is the fact that from the usage, something you think people are doing quite a bit of higher than many other things, banner ads, online display ads, paid search even, even flyers and promotional was TV. How expensive is TV? You understand. Yeah. Because you're here. I do. Go ahead. How on, we have such a hard time getting video assets. How are these local people, they can't do anything that are doing, how are they doing TV? I don't know. I don't know. And that's the other thing too, is that because this specifically looks at local businesses and I don't know. How many, and I'm allowed to say this as a local business owner, I can rant about this. I don't know how many people just don't put effort into digital. And if you were the one business locally in your space that had a website versus just a Facebook page or nothing at all in most cases, you would be light years ahead of your competition because people could look you up. Yeah. I don't know why these aren't higher priorities on the list. I don't. Kudos to you, local folks who are making TV ads somehow. No, it's a waste of money. I agree. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> hey, you got it done somehow. That's impressive. Yeah, I guess. That's imp- an impressive waste of money. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nice for you that you have that money to waste. <sighs> okay. Does that bring us to the next segment? It this absolutely week's, does. Uh, cool tool. Cool tool. And I, I just as a reminder to our listeners, our cool tool segment is not an official endorse, endorsement or paid mention. We're simply sharing something cool that we found in our travels that might be of use to our listeners. This week, we found something that is like Search Console, but better. Those are not my words. Those oh. are the- <laughs> Just because I haven't used this, full disclosure, but I looked at it, and it looks like they might be right, but I encourage everyone to try it out for themselves. Big Metrics is the tool, and it's at bigmetrics.io, and that is what they tout themselves as a Search Console, but better. They archive your site's data from Search Console. So it is Search Console data, but they turn it into more insightful reporting that's actually aimed at helping you improve your organic performance. So you don't have to mine. I mean, you still have to pay attention, obviously, but you're not in there mining for something. They're going to give you actionable insights. I love this concept where you have tools that take existing data that's really hard to get in proprietary mm-hmm. and then build off of it. Yes. I know there's a lot of things from a lead feeder that takes analytics data and then shows specific companies and ties data together. I love the fact we're building off of something that's great instead of trying to be great number two. Yeah. So that, that's <laughs> right? why I think this is so fantastic of an idea at yes. least. I agree. And it it's it lets you see things like newly ranking keywords and performance metrics based on specific queries, but it can also help you identify cannibalization issues and a lot more uh, diagnostic stuff. 
It also lets you test and track changes to your site and perform keyword research. So it's got a lot of power from what it looks like right in the platform itself. So it's really, really nice if you're working on organic. So go and check it out. It's bigmetrics.io. See if it's for you. All right. And that brings us to our must-read marketing article of the week, an article so in-depth, so detailed that we simply cannot cover it in its entirety on today's show. This week's article comes from Growth Badger (laughs) and Kyle Byers at Growth Badger called Blog Statistics 2019, What We Learned from 1,117 Bloggers. This is an amazing article. Somebody should Byers Kyle a drink for his work on this (laughs) article where he took an interesting approach towards what people are doing with their blogs. And this goes more than just bloggers. This is for corporate news, corporate blogging. And he looked at the bloggers who are earning more than $50,000 a year on their blog and the lower income bloggers. <laughs> but it's really interesting as to how, what people actually valued in what they were doing about having eye-catching headlines, things like that, um, working on their email subscribers, all the different ways. It was so so interesting. It is one of the most interesting articles I've read here in 2019. And you might be thinking, hey, I'll skip this one because it's towards bloggers and I'm not a blogger. Don't skip it. (laughs) It's so interesting about looking at the expert opinions, how people are getting signups, the traffic sources that people have currently, content types, the projected traffic sources down the road. It is just really, really interesting. And it's interesting to see that split between people having a high level of success and people that are lower income (laughs) bloggers. It's just a fantastic look and I I love the approach. So thank you, Kyle. Yeah, some good visuals in there too, actually. So if you're a visual person, check it out. And that does it for today's show. It is now officially not Marketing O'Clock. Remember, you can catch everything from this show on marketingoclock.com. Please be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. And we will see you next week. Thanks for listening to Marketing O'Clock. If today's show was of value to you, please subscribe, leave a review, or share with a colleague. If you are looking for more information on today's topics, head over to marketingoclock.com for links to all the articles that we covered. Welcome to this week's Shooting the Hack, where after our famous Friday news shows, we don't talk about marketing anymore. We just shoot the hack. And this week, Jess is going to be giving definitions of regional terms. These are called regionalisms. Oh. And these came from the NPR History Department. So you know they're good. Across <laughs> all the different, 51 is what they said states. I think they're counting Washington, D.C. Or Puerto Rico. Or Puerto Rico. Neither of those are states, though. That's true. So Being a history department, you'd look, think they'd have that. You know what? Promotion. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Stats and info. Promotion. There we go. Okay. And this week, you are going to be giving a definition. I'm going to tell you the state where it originated from for right. some context. Okay. And you give me the definition of the word. All right. State, Connecticut. Word, pig sticker. Pig sticker. A southerner barbecuing. That's good. I think I'm going to take yours over the actual <laughs> term. It is a sled with a pointed front. Uh, I don't think they make sleds like that. That's dangerous. Yeah, I, I agree. That's maybe why I haven't heard of it in a while. Okay, <laughs> next up. It's from Iowa and it's called Kitten Ball. Kitten Ball? Kitten Ball. 
Hmm. I'm going to go. It's from Iowa? Iowa. Iowa's like flat, right? Tumbleweed. No, it is softball. It's another name for softball. <gasps> Kittenball. I think that's a play on another word for cat that is inappropriate to say. And I, they're trying to say that like baseball is cool and softball's for wussies. You're going to have to take that up with NPR history department. I'm going to take it up with Iowa. <laughs> I'm going right <laughs> okay. to the top. All right. <laughs> Next up is from Kentucky. And the term is righty bob. Horse. No. That is good, though. <laughs> Seesaw. A righty bob. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. I I'm so. just going to take that. You know, we're here in New York. We don't have to be in Kentucky. Hey, kids, hop on the righty bob. Hop on the righty bob. Don't hurt yourselves. I know. It sounds a little old timey. Are these, these are things that people still use today? NPR didn't tell me that. <laughs> well, they're the history department. They're not the current events oh, department. That's true. Hmm. Yeah, that's good sleuthing. I'm... Another promotion. <laughs> All right. So many jobs. <laughs> Next up is from Missouri. 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 Right? I don't know. I think that's how they say it. And this is one of my favorites. A hall tree. Hall tree. Hall, H-A-U-L? No, H-A-L-L. Hall. Space. Tree. tree. Correct. An indoor plant. <laughs> no. A, a clothes rack. You see something, you're like, oh, throw it on the hall tree. Oh, neat. I like okay, that. I like that. I, we have one in our office. A, a hall, hall tree. tree. Yes. <gasps> Amazing. Right, right in your fancy rug over there. Good old Missouri. They that were dirty old rug. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next up is from North Carolina. I love this one as well. A table tapper. A table tapper. I've been going with my gut and I've gotten them all wrong, so I'm going to think hard on this one. A table. All you need to tapper. do to win is to get one right. How many more are there, though? Is this my There's last shot? Two more, I think. Okay. North Carolina. Table tapper. Table tapper. It's got to be a server at a restaurant. No, oh. it is an amateur <laughs> preacher. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on. A table tapper. So somebody that doesn't have like a pulpit, right? Is that the right, right term? Just tapping They're just tapping table. on the table, just telling people how it is. You're never huh. going to get this next one. You don't know that. Oregon. It is called the choo-choo. C-H-O dash C-H-O. It's a train. No. Everybody knows that. I what? just like this one because it was the weirdest <laughs> one. <laughs> Wait, it's not a train? Give me no. one more shot. Go again. You're never going to get this one. I told you this. Gum. No. <laughs> no, that's... <laughs> C-H-E-W. All right. Give you the demotion. Okay. It is a small boy. No. I'm going to call my son a choo-choo. He would love that. Cho-cho? I don't even know how you say it. Choo-choo. Okay. I'll throw another one in here, too. I don't like that. South Dakota. Mm. A soak. You describe somebody as a soak. A person is a soak? Yes. I'm going to give you some hints to help you. Thank you. So if they're a soak, they're a wet blanket. They're a boring person. No. They're a serious drinker. Oh, that guy's soak. a soak. I like that. A soak. Okay, and here is my favorite. You're never, ever in a million years going to get this one. Maybe with a clue. What would you say in Massachusetts if you are picking up from the ground diddle dees? D I D D L E D E E S. Diddle dees. Diddle dees. Litter. Pine needles. Aww. Isn't that a cool little name? Little diddle Little diddle dees. Look at these little diddle dees. That's kind of cute. Pine needles, though. Yeah. I don't know. Not pine cones. Pine Those are needles. probably diddle-doos. That, that's correct. <laughs> you win this week. Congrats, <laughs> Jess Bud, and we will see you next week.